Thank you. Wait, wait. We'll wait till you are ready. Again, thank you. I do not mean to pry, but you don't by any chance happen to have six fingers on your right hand? Do you always begin conversations this way? My father was slaughtered by a six-fingered man. Take a look. Was a greater sword maker, my father. When the six-fingered man appeared, he requested a special sword, my father. Took the job. He slid a year before it was done. I've never seen its equal. Six-fingered man returned and demanded it. But at one-tenth his promised price. My father refused. Without a word, the six-fingered man slashed him through the heart. I loved my father, so naturally I challenged his murderer to a duel. I failed. Six-fingered man, leave me alive, but he gave me this. How old were you? I was eleven years old. When I was strong enough, I dedicated my life to the study of fencing, so the next time we meet I will not fail. I will go up to the six-fingered man and say, Hello, my name is Nico Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You've done nothing but study swordplay? More of a pursuit than a study lately. You see, I cannot find him. It has been 20 years now, and I am starting to lose confidence. I just work for Vicini to pay the bills. It's not a lot of money in revenge. Well, I... I certainly hope you find him someday. You are ready, then? <clears throat> Whether I am or not, you've been more than fair. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. Begin. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier than you. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's take me more Let's Everybody on. Nani Nani and a ho 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 welcome to Facing Off. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. <laughs> You're welcome to Facing Off. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have a very special episode today. I'm Nick. I'm Gabe. I'm Layla. Layla. Is not, oh my god. <laughs> Layla's not paying attention. Not we here. never do it that way where we each say our names. I wasn't I expecting Nick it. Is, Hi everybody. I'm Layla. <laughs> and we have a very special guest with us today who is going to introduce herself now. <laughs> Hi guys, Julia Stone. Thank you for having me. Hilarious comedian from LA, right? You're in the yeah, LA yes. area. Yes, LA. LA area. We're so happy to have you. Um, you came. Go to your window and shout, and let's see if you're close to where we are currently. Yeah, that's true. I'd be, <laughs> this is the moment where you could shriek. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you came highly recommended from uh, Holly Annabelle Brown. So uh, I'm gonna do my best to ruin her reputation and let you guys down today. Oh, so I, I we'll love see that. how it goes. Perfect. Great. Great. Uh, we, what are we doing today, Nicholas? We are doing um, we are doing a two Carrie Elwes medieval comedies in which Carrie Elwes has to use his sword as wit, the help of a comedy legend dressed as a curmudgeonous old magician, a big guy, a uh, guy with a specific weapon set, uh, and the friendships that he makes along his journey to win the girl of his dreams away from an overly macho poser. Uh, Princess Bride versus uh, Robin Hood: Colon Men in Tights. Yeah. Very good. You're welcome. 
And you brought in the curmudgeons, the little, yeah. uh, the uh, famous comedians playing the old curmudgeonous old that. magicians. Love it. Uh, yeah. Why are you excited to do these two movies, Julia? I mean, both of them are childhood classics for sure, just in very different Thank ways, you. you know. So, but I and I feel like until I saw them side by side, I was shocked at how similar they were. I was like, wow, it's like it's like they took the one script and we're like, here you go, guys. We're going to split these off and just get these two different voices from it. And so I, I just thought that would be a great comparison. I totally agree. I mean, I, I had suggested it. Uh, you gave us uh, Princess Bride as one of the ones you wanted to do. And I suggested Robin Hood Men and Types <laughs> purely because of Carrie Elwes. And then when I was rewatching that, I was like, wow, they follow the Literally, same structure. Last night, last night. You yeah, guess. and the same like characters, like the villains and like the team ups and everything. Um, but this is actually Layla's first time seeing Robin Hood Men and Tights. So <laughs> I'm so curious to hear what she has to say. Oy vey. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah a good nice appreciation nice for mel brooks, mel brooks, mel brooks would appreciate it being said that way actually so. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay uh so yeah facing off so anyone that has not uh ever heard our podcast welcome this is your first time listening to our podcast <laughs> we're so glad to have you uh we have typically we have five categories we're going to use our normal ones today um they are spectacularity, eye candy, actoring, originality, and legacy in that order for today. We rank things on a scale from one being the lowest, cis heaven being the highest, and four is uh, the perfect middle. And uh, we're going to get started. Did I skip anything, Gabe? No. Perfect. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Hell doing yeah. So good, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to moderate. We're going to have three scorers today, and I will keep score. We will start with spectacularity, a category um, that is set aside to determine how engaged in the movie you were. Um, runtime would be a factor here, but not for these two movies, probably. Um, and we're going to start with Layla. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and <laughs> Princess Bride. Okay. We won't start with the movie that you just watched for the first time. My goodness. Um, I can do this. I love Princess Bride. Uh, I gave Princess Bride Spectacularity a six. I kind of, I initially went with a five, but then I went up to a six the more I thought about it because I just fucking love this movie. Princess Bride is just, it's just one of the like sweetest, funniest movies that I've ever seen. Like when I watch it, I just feel butterflies and happiness and it reminds me of my childhood. And I, and on a more serious note, I just think it has incredible pacing. Like it's just really, the story is just so well spread out and I'm never sitting there. Like I never get taken out of it. I'm never like, why is this happening or why are they doing that? Like it just fits and everything feels good and right. Um, And it's just, comedically amazing like it's it's subtly just such an intelligent movie and the comedy is so smart and funny um so i mean i just it's a six i don't know if there's much else i need to say but i gave it a six all right starting off strong i'm not gonna go to you gabe don't look at me like that i, I was hoping <laughs> you weren't <laughs> i was curious where we are going though go ahead julia uh i gave it a seven i don't know if i'm being generous but I, I agree with Layla. I yeah, it, it's just you watch it and you feel good. And I hate enthusiasm for anything, so that is saying a lot. <laughs> that I you know I felt good watching it, and I actually was watching it again with someone who hadn't seen it before, and I was just what? sitting there like I hope this lives up to them, and it totally did, oh, and good. it was it was so good. Yeah, and it's like you're saying like the 
the structure and plot is so well done. It's there's no wasted time. Like everything, it just moves so succinctly and is so purposeful. And like, as soon as they escaped danger, you think they're safe. Like Wesley and Buttercup getting out of the fire swamp. Humperdinck is there right away. You know, like there's a new problem for them. But then just when you think something like all is lost, like Indigo turns to his sword to have his father guide him, you know, then thinks he fails, then comedically succeeds. And it's just really great in that way. It's just all these, this mixture of serious and comedic moments, it just has such a great emotional pull in of both kind of stories of like the true love and the revenge. I love the revenge one too, but that just might say more about me as a person, you know? So, <laughs> but yeah, it's just great backstories, great characters. Nice. Gabriel? I totally agree. I, I'm giving it a seven. I think it's, it's like a perfect length movie as well. Not even just the structure. It's like hour and 38 minutes, which we fucking love on this. Um, it was fans. just one of my well, favorite. Is it an hour 38? Yeah. That's actually my favorite time for a movie. Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. It's perfect. So it, it's one of my favorite movies growing up. Um, I think the fantasy is really great. The story within a story is really interesting, um, especially when you are the age that Fred Savage's character is. It was just awesome to see. Which is? Um, I don't know. It was like 10 probably. <laughs> I didn't know this is a quiz. Um, I, I also think it's like the comedy is great as you guys are saying. Um, and it's endlessly quotable, but I also just love that everything is so like purposefully over fantastical in every single scene. Um, and it's just like the, like the way that they talk through their fights, like all their fights are conversational and really fun. And they're all like really polite with each other. Um, I mean, I'm forever going to love the Wallace Shawn uh, poison scene. It's like that is just Iconic. an absolutely classic comedy yeah. scene. Um, I used to be so terrified when I was a kid of the R-O-U-S's, the um, rodents, rodents of, of unusual, unusual size. size. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the shrieking eels are still terrifying when you rewatch it. Um, that would suck. Also, I just got to say, if you're not super passionate about Inigo Montoya getting his revenge at the end, then fuck you. What movie were you watching? <laughs> like, I feel it in my chest every time I watch that. It it's is probably in chest. my pants, too. It's amazing. <laughs> I, it's just so great. But I, I, I got to say, um, one thing that kind of takes me out a little bit, and I mentioned him, like, Fred Savage is so fucking annoying <laughs> as the little kid in this because he's just like... One of my biggest pet peeves in the world watching a movie is when someone asks questions about where the movie's going to go and then you're the one sitting in the room and you're like, do you want me to tell you or, or are we going to watch the rest of this and you can find out? But uh, I don't know. But I'm big, still going to give it a, a seven. Big, but a I, every scene with him when I got older, I was like, shut up. Wait, can I uh, play brat. off of what you just said? So like, yeah. it's funny that you say that because I actually thought when I was watching it, that I liked how his interruptions made it feel like there were chapters to the movie, like it was in the book, oh. Oh, which is like, point. it just, it breaks it up in the perfect, it bre- it's very, I feel like it felt very intentional when he like breaks up the story. Um, Cause it yeah. feels like it's transitioning into the next part. But also you reminded me of just how incredible like of a spoof this is of like romantic comedies and like what you were saying mm-hmm. where there's so much dialogue when they're fighting, like it's just, totally making fun of how that is in movies when that happens they're just yeah. like constantly making com- like the whole first five minutes when they're falling in love and it happens within seconds and he- she's just like oh i realized when he was saying that one line that he loves me like it's just such good comedy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
That's great. Oh, that is silly. Um, <laughs> what was your score there, Gabe? I gave it a seven. seven. I also can I just mention one thing? It didn't sound like a seven. Mark right, Knopfler man. does the score. The guy from uh, Dire Straits, and the score is amazing in this. And every time someone like like jabs with their sword, it makes that like really loud like synth noise. Um, it's fun. Oh, yeah. It's it's just a really fun score. So. It kept me engaged, so... Good seven. eye. You guys didn't talk at all about how the rodents of unusual size are clearly human beings inside of them. And it's <laughs> the way that they were, like, completely reacting... Completely takes stab. you out of it because it's the most horrifying thing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we got a 20 there. That's a great score. Yeah. One less than perfect. Wow. Way to start it off. Uh, Gabe, why don't you start and talk about Robin Hood Men and Vice? <laughs> Actually, no, I take that back. Julia, you start. <laughs> We don't have to listen to Gabe at all if we don't want to. You know, it's totally fine. So. I want to start off with, there's a reason there. I didn't no, think that, I didn't think that through fully. This is totally fair. I take uh, no offense. No, I'd say uh, Robin Hood, I gave a five, which may be a little generous again, um, considering I didn't enjoy it as much as an adult. I'm very curious for Layla's thoughts. I think there will be strong and many. So... Um, <laughs> But there were some jokes that I got as an adult that I didn't get as a kid. Like, I didn't grow up in religion, so a lot of the Jewish jokes went over my head. Like, the Loxley and Begel and that type of stuff really went over my head. Um, And I... Yeah. <laughs> and I will say as, as a parody, I, I think it's really slammed with jokes and comedically I admire that. But looking at it as a story, I feel like it's the story is so background and very like it almost feels like a stringing together of a bunch of different sketches that happen to be about Robin Hood. And they were like, OK, we got all these sketches. So now let's try and put them all in a row and see how it works, you know. And, and they kind of linger in some moments too long, like the Godfather parody goes on and on. And the Men in Tight song, <laughs> while very amusing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's great, but, you know, uh, yeah. the lizard can't be can't be beat. But um <laughs> but the, the Men in Tight song, I feel like it, it's that scene you could pick up and put it in various other places and it would make equally as much sense it's still a funny song with some problematic moments um but yeah but at the same time it's you know it's mel brooks and uh it's just so over the top so slapsticky and silly humor and he just you you see him in every step of this yeah yeah i totally gabe and layla three two one battle I mean, I am curious what Layla thing. says, but... You want me to uh, go first? I feel like you should go, and then I should go. Uh, and no, no, I think like Gabe should go up. first. Did I say Layla? I'll go, and I think then, Gabe should go I'll first. I'll go, and then you could shit all over my love for this I want you to rebut, want you to rebut him. But then you can um, answer back. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I just gotta say, I'm, I'm so sorry to everyone who this movie doesn't work on you. Like, I love this movie so much. When I was... I haven't rewatched it in a while, and I, I like Julia, had, like, grown up watching both of these movies... Um, but right when they were rapping at the beginning and they're like, I said, Hey, I just immediately started dying of laughter. It brought me right back. The dungeon scene at the beginning is so fucking funny. And I, I always re- go back to that scene because of the guy, like talking about getting a promotion or whatever. And he keeps like not leaving the room and keeps asking more questions. Um, I just think what works really well for this movie and what probably doesn't work for a lot of people is that 
it's just intentionally every moment has a silly joke. There's not, they will not lose a moment for one serious line. Every single line in this movie is intended to be, um, dumb, but at the same time, you know, obviously you're going to have like missed moments. There's going to be duds of jokes cause you're just throwing so many out there. Um, but there are scenes that I just die of laughter still. The little John fight is great on the bridge. Um, I like I don't know why what this is, but any movie where someone runs into the camera and that is a joke in the movie, I always laugh. It's like a <laughs> fart joke or something. It, like no matter what, I'm gonna laugh. The only the only one that's truly funny to me is the <laughs> she's singing at the beginning. Oh yeah, it goes on for so long, and then it pops through the window and oh, breaks it, right. and you have to think like, wait, well, and then How, it, it it's there. because it. Was zooming in. Yeah, it peeps out. Yeah, it's great. I, uh, I, the Godfather scene, I totally agree that it went too long. Shut up, Siri. Um, (laughs) but it's really funny when he also slips into just doing a normal, he's just doing Marlon Brando because he, like, does, like, an on the waterfront, like, I could have been a contender scene as well. I do think it's also a little too long. I watched it with ads on YouTube, which made it, like, I swear to God, it made it two and a half hours long, and that's too long for a silly comedy. So I'm going to give it a six and not a seven. Okay. Uh, but I I just love it. Layla, go uh, ahead. Rebuttal. <laughs> I don't know what to say, just guys. Just say what you got to say. <laughs> Give um, it the no, one I'm you not, want. I'm not the one that's be, in your heart. The one that's in my heart. I feel. Oh, that's that's rough. Um, I I have spent oh, like well. this entire day, like planning how to talk about this because I don't know. I've like talked like to so many people. I shit you no. I shit you not. I've like talked to multiple people, being like, "Explain this to me." I've like asked people <laughs> to explain this movie to me today because I just don't get it and. I, I mean, I, I should premise this with, like, I have, like, as said, I have zero nostalgia with this movie. I've never seen it before. Last night was the first time I've ever seen it. I didn't even really know what it was until last night. And uh, it was a lot. Um, I I had a hard time. But I think I should, like, premise also with this is not typically my favorite type of humor. So it's, I'm, this is my opinion. I don't want anyone to be offended. I get why, if this is, like, your humor, this would be so funny. going to be offended. Well, Offense taken. <laughs> I'm leaving the call. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, it just, it didn't hit for me. There were, there were a lot of moments that were really funny. I just, with humor like this, I just don't love when things get, like, belabored and some of these jokes get like extended so much like a good example would be like when um <laughs> they're at when they meet little john on the bridge and Chappelle just jumps in the water he's like this ain't the mississippi and i like yeah. died of laughing like so funny but then like i'm on this side two... <laughs> i'm on the other side exactly so funny but then two seconds later little john is like drowning in this little creek and i'm just like okay i get it like we made the joke that this is not a real river <laughs> like we get it i see so that's fair that that kind of stuff or like like i loved the fact that that guy's mole moved in like every scene and then <laughs> but then they like called out the yeah. joke which i didn't love like they called it out and they said it at one point and i'm like oh god you ruined the bit but oh. i just mm. i don't know 
I think I think some of the jokes get extended too long. I do think as far as just like tech technically wise, I don't love the pacing of this movie. Julia, you made a great point as far as like a bunch of sketches just kind of being thrown together. I feel like they focus so much on the comedy in this movie that the story gets entirely lost and you kind of like lose your place a lot. And I had a hard time with that because I was like trying really hard to pay attention to what was happening. But every second was just a joke every single second and I didn't get half of them and so many of them were like just like offensive jokes like the whole first part of the movie is very racist towards Middle Eastern people and I'm sitting there as a brown woman like all right they just put a beard on this man because he can't be in this jail without one like it's a lot so uh I'll give I'll give it a three Oh, that's right. totally fine. I thought it was really lower. I mean, in in my heart of heart of hearts, I think if I was being honest to myself, I'd probably give it a two. But just to be fair to the fact that, like, I I do very much understand why this is a popular movie and why it's a cult classic. I'm gonna give it a three because yeah. I get it's, why. Yeah. I understand. It's not it. the most coherent of Mel Brooks's works, for sure. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about. I'll I'll respond to that in originality. Let's move on to Eye Candy. Okay. Um, Eye candy is very, very simple. Well, how did the movie look to your eyes? Um, was it candy or was it dog shit? Was it candy? Um, was it <laughs> piece, piece of candy? Of candy? Uh, <laughs> let's start. Layla just went. Let's go, Gabe. Let's okay. start. And let's talk about Robin Hood. Uh, let's make this one a quick category, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I... Uh... I just got no, I mean, no lot to talk about here. I feel one like. thing that's great, I, I I think one thing that really works for this movie is there's a lot of visual comedy in the yeah. like there's a great understanding of like literal things becoming funny that are uh, visual. So like some examples that always make me laugh, like the lend me your ears, everyone like throws their ears <laughs> up, the pumped up kicks at the beginning, his castle being a mobile home, the mole changing, as we talked about the chastity belt is absolutely absurd. Um, the car lock on the horses <laughs> when they're going into the party, the like uh, the, Bubbles in the hot tub where they like having a fucking jacuzzi that I hope that existed. I hope Mel Brooks <laughs> didn't come up with that for this movie because that would be awesome like for Leonardo that. Leonardo da Vinci drew that out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also think the costumes are really fun in this and they make that part of the joke that everyone's wearing the same costumes because they do in the Robin Hood movies that they're making fun of. Um, it was even funny when they had the little like egg that would pop open and they got their outfits from that. Um, one visual, like really, really silly, stupid moment that always makes me laugh is when they're fighting and they're, and it's their shadows. And then all of a sudden they start doing like shadow puppets, uh, animals. And I, you know what? I could be five years old forever. <laughs> That's always going to make me laugh. Uh, so I honestly gave it a five cause I think it's really good use of, uh, visual comedy and in an otherwise pretty stupid movie. Yeah. Um, Layla. I actually gave this category a five. I think that this is like, I think this is a huge category for this movie. Like the comedy in the costuming and the set design and just the physical comedy that's done is some of the best parts of this movie. So like, I think you have to, this is, this is comedy using visuals at its, at its, some of its best. And I think that like, I enjoyed that a lot. And I and I caught myself noticing really fun things in the background. They're very meticulous in this movie. And they and they utilize the set really, really well really well. And I don't know, like I, I even just right now I'm like thinking back to the scene where the very offensive blind man is just like 
beating the shit out of that pole with a sword like it's it's like fast forwarded yeah like that visual is just funny to me like it's just it's good like that's a great visual so it it plays very well into this movie and i think you have to give it an above average score so i gave it a five the best part about that scene is if you look in the corner there's like a woman just watching really confused the whole time it's great (laughs) go ahead julia I actually gave this one a four, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to go lower than Layla for anything on this one. This um, is the only one I promise. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but it, but it, was, it was for the visual comedy. It was just so, like, oh, I am going to disagree with you, though, Layla, because the uh, little John drowning in the river is amazing. I know someone else said that there. to me earlier so, today, too. Oh, this physical no, comedy is pretty good there. Someone yeah, else, I, I was talking to someone and they literally were like, yeah, my favorite thing about the movie is that part and I was like oh god (laughs) that's the one thing that's like a huge critique for me (laughs) no it's amazing he committed to that and I loved it (laughs) but yeah it's it's all the the Gabe you mentioned a couple of the ones that I had too about the the car steering wheel lock for the horse just gets me so good it's amazing Um, the exit sign behind Robin when they're in the castle trying to get out and just yeah there's so many little pieces like that that are really hilarious but it kind of goes back to that like they stack so many jokes and it's, which is amazing and why it's great. But I also feel like it doesn't, and it stands out as a Mel Brooks movie, but visually like I, like the costuming was kind of whatever to me and like the set and maybe it was having watched it after the princess bride as well. Like maybe I was like, I'm seeing a lot of comparisons, you know, (laughs) and like, and it is a parody. So it is meant to be, but yeah, I think it's that the physical comedy really steals it for this, but there's not a ton else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think fair. the costumes look like they found them in the basement of a high school theater. It, it, I like, that's that's what, I felt like it. I was watching a play almost. But I think that's kind almost. of a part of it, though, right? I yeah, think that's what I thought. But it doesn't, like, but I don't think it adds to it. Like, it, yeah, it's never right. funny that their costumes look like you found them in the basement of a high school, you know? Yeah, yeah. probably. No, not. for sure. That's that's all I have. Okay. Um, so that's we got it, 14 folks. there. That's all. That's the whole podcast. We got one and a half. That was good for We'll see you guys next time. Okay. Uh, Layla, why don't you start off with Princess Bride and talk about eye candy? Okay. Um, I gave this one a five as well. <laughs> um, I, I mean, this movie to me is super fun visually. I don't know if there's anything like super technical, Gabe, and I'd love to see if you could tell me if there was something like technical about the visuals that I wasn't noticing. I just similarly love when like costumes and like animatronics and things like that are just fun in a movie, like set design again. Um, when you're making such a fantastical movie, it just has to look fantastical. And I think that these movies do that. And I think this does that as well. I don't have a whole lot to say about the visuals. It's the same thing for me both. I think they play into both movies really well and the comedy of the movies really well. I think the the creatures that they come up against are like super dumb looking but in the best way and they make me laugh so that works i don't know if that was intentional but they work for me so yeah i'll go with a five for princess red they're very like frank oz looking yeah that's like kind of puppets yeah um julia yeah go ahead I also gave it a five. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's a lot of the costuming too, where it's like these really vibrant colors of like buttercups, red robes, and then just the elaborate royal robes too. And then they're kind of counterbalanced with Wesley's like sleek black look and then like the peasant garb, you know? And so I feel like it's just really good contrast in that way. 
And then just the settings are so awesome. Like the cliffs and when they're climbing up are so great. Yeah. Like, and the terrain and choreography of the sword fight with Wesley and Indigo and Indigo. And, um, and then you like kind of contrast the amazing castles and with the pit of despair and the fire swamp. And it's just, it's got so many cool settings that like it has such a range. And even though it's like you were saying, Lila, it's like, they feel like outdated, but in this way where it, feels like that's how it's supposed to be like yeah. you look at this like the rus is, is for sure just a dude crawling on the ground like it's it's so obvious <laughs> it when you watch it, it yeah it's like the legs are like i'm like i don't know what sort of half like hybrid human rat thing this is that i'm it's going to terrify my dreams but but it, it feels like it's supposed to be that way and it's just <laughs> the, amazing the worst kind of human rat <laughs> hybrid disgusting <laughs> so that was two fives yeah, I'm also going to give it a five, uh, five, slightly above average for this. I mean, I it's purposefully fake looking. You know, it's supposed to yeah. be a fantasy. It's ridiculous. But I think that they play with that in really fun ways. But at the same time, it's still like pretty, you know, like the sunsets are really cool looking. The castles look really cool. The landscapes are awesome. Um, it's only like a $16 million budget, which I guess was like a lot in the 80s, but it looks like they had to build a lot to make this movie. Like yeah. it, the sets are really well done. I mean, they're also ridiculous because you get the like sword fight between Inigo and uh, Wesley and Wesley like jumps and like does the like spins on the pull up bar that's in the middle of this area. <laughs> um, I also just love the, f- I mean, you guys kind of mentioned it, but I would say the really technically awesome scene is the whole fire swamp. Like just the vines and everything, but just the when the fires pop up and and how it's laid out, it kind of reminds me of uh, Empire Strikes Back, where so like this I is totally like had that same thought. Yeah, yeah, it really, but it's just fun too. Like Wesley or Carrie Elwes is just so fun in that scene, and it works for it. So yeah, it's it's a five. It's it's not amazing, but uh, above it looks average. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that was neck and neck. I really thought that Robin Hood would be lower. I didn't even think about the dude. The visual comedy is the great. The visual comedy being yeah. an eye candy—that was dumb of me. Which <laughs> podcast even is this? It's mine. Yeah, uh, no, okay. I'm kidding. It's ours. Okay. Um, let's go on to actoring. This is a category where we talk about not just the acting, but also the directing, the writing. Like, did we feel like the directors and the writers gave the actors the tools to work with? Not just were they performing well, but uh, kind of all of those things combined. Um. Before we start, who's the better Carrie Elwes? Who Robin I, Hood Carrie Elwes? No, he, uh, Princess Bride. He's so incredibly Elwes. handsome, like yeah. like absurdly handsome. But he's just a freaking he, hero. Yeah, I guess that was an easy question. Fine, he's fine. so handsome in the Princess Bride. We ignore his mustache. That is how handsome yeah. he is. Yeah. Is it real or not? We act I'm like it tripped exist. out by that mustache because it looks like written on. <laughs> upsetting well, either way. I mean, yeah. it was absolutely correct. I completely forgot he had a mustache yeah. because he's so beautiful. Um, well, I'm going to let our guest start here and we'll talk about Princess Bride since that was the winner, Elwes. Yeah, Princess Bride, I gave that one a six for this. Um, I, I think all the actors are great in it. I think it is due to the writing. Like, they have a lot to work with. They have, you know, these well-developed characters that have, like, such a good combination of dramatic moments and that are serious and then just these silly moments and everyone kind of gets to have their range. 
I feel like they're so good at having strong supporting and side characters like Vicini. Like if you worked retail, you know that manager. And <laughs> like this is the guy who throws his weight around and you're just like, like, well, I'm not going to argue with him. This is all he has. You know, like, you know, this person. <laughs> so and like Miracle Max just steals the show, like in the, like the very small scenes that he's in. So like just even though even the side characters that are not like obviously they're big parts of it but you know like they're just so well done and such good character performances from them but everybody has him like humperdink we know his motivation of like why he needs buttercup in particular because the people love her indigo is obviously very strong wesley and buttercup obviously you know true love being very strong um fezzik is great it's just it's such a great ensemble i will say i think the weakest one for me is probably buttercup not because Robin Wright isn't great. She is. But it's just she's not as well written as the other ones. Like she's outspoken. They didn't give and her she, a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They didn't. Like she she's outspoken and she's kind of like in very small ways she makes moves. Like she submits to Humperdinck to save Wesley. Like she is playing an active role there. And then she like talks about potentially or goes to kill herself when she thinks that she has been married to Humperdinck, but it's, they're very small reactive, not doesn't have a lot of wiggle room to be this great character. And, you know, even when Wesley's being attacked by the ROUS is she's pretty much just saying, if you took, if you took that camera and put it on her, it would be her standing and looking. That would be the whole thing, you know? So even her name is infantile. Everybody else has a normal name. Why does she have buttercup? Buttercup. (laughs) There's buttercup and Wesley. It's a horse's name. It truly yeah, is. <laughs> or uh, cow. Yeah. Uh, it, can or I jump sheep, in maybe? on that? Yeah. Yeah. I. So it's weird because I, I totally agree about that with Robin Wright. And it's actually kind of disappointing because if you look, she's the only – she's had such a great career since then. Yeah. <laughs> she just directed her first movie. Like she's, she's killing it. Um, I will say for me, I wouldn't say – so this is the more serious movie of the two. So I, I kind of – when I talk about actoring with like comedies, I'm more about like who's really funny in this. Like who's doing that? It doesn't have to do with the acting. I'm kind of like in a weird spot with this because I don't think anyone is like great in this except for um, Mandy Patinkin and Wallace Shawn. Um, but everyone is good at doing their roles – um, I think Carrie Elwes is like pretty fun. Like his comedy is really great in this. And you could see why he would go on to do Robin Hood men and tights and then go on to be just like slightly overweight and saw off his leg and saw. And that's like the rest of his career. Um, anyways, his to the pain scene is really good. Like when he's giving that whole speech about what, what to the pain means is a really great scene. I think Andre the giant as Fezzik it's like he's not a good actor, but his bad acting like helps the character because it makes you like the character more. He's just he's a big sweetheart. Um, I love Wallace Shawn. As I said, the inconceivable line is, is just everyone's going to quote that forever because of him. Uh, Mandy Patinkin, amazing. It's really weird if you go on to watch Homeland later and then find <laughs> out that that's the same person because there's just no resemblance at all. I got to say. Christopher Guest is the one who plays Count Rugen, and Christopher Guest is the guy who makes like all the movies with Eugene Levy, like Best in Show and A Mighty Wind and uh, Waiting for Guthman. Um, 
Yeah. And I think you mentioned Billy Crystal's absolutely amazing in like two scenes. Yeah. He's he's so good. I mean, we'll give out accolades, but he's my six man for sure. Yeah, he's definitely he's a six man. Um, and Peter Falk, just like the classic old grandpa. Like that is that's the that is the epitome is of a your grandpa. grandpa. Yeah. He's my he's my dad. <laughs> Layla, my is that dad. also your grandpa? No, hundred percent not. Okay. Um well, that's that's fine. Wait, what did just, you give it, Gabe? I give it a five, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm going to give it a six. I feel like this movie is a great symmetry of actors bringing writing to life. And I think that these actors are, they, they created long lasting characters. Like they could have done these characters wrong and they wouldn't have been iconic. We, everybody knows a couple of these characters. Everybody does. And they brought them to life perfectly. I think they played the comedy right. I think they played the characters right. I think they do a lot of great physical acting in this movie. Um, yeah. I don't. You guys both said great points. I don't have a whole lot more to say. I just think that this is a great example of someone taking incredible writing and bringing perfect characters to life. I love these characters. I'm going to a six. That that's a good that's a good. Wow. I mean, that's when I think because I've read the book too and I love the book. But like when I think of Princess Bride, like those characters are you can remember them because of the performances. Yeah, great, great speaking, Layla. That was incredible. <laughs> Thanks, Layla. G- go ahead and continue to greatly speak about Robin oh, Hood. No. Oh, yeah. Now you have to. <laughs> okay. Um. I actually don't have a score written here because I didn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> Would you like our other two people to go I'm first, so and then you make your score up after this. that? Layla would like her score to be negative, if possible. Oh. <laughs> you know, no, you know what though? No, no, I don't. I think the uh, I think they did a good job. I like. I flapped at this movie. I think the actors are doing. It's the writing that bothered me. So I don't like. The actors themselves did a good job, I think, with what they were given, or as much as they could with what they were given. I'll probably go with like a, I'll go, I'll probably go with like a, a three again. But you guys go, and then maybe I'll elaborate. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go, Julia. Yeah, I went four because um, I I would agree that writing wise there wasn't as much given to these guys. Um, but I think again for me in this one, it's kind of the side crazy. Uh, characters that are the ones who really crush it, like um, Brumhilda and Latrine and Sheriff of Rottingham are so committed to their characters' games. They're so good. Like, the Sheriff mixing up his words. I love love that. It's so funny because I hated him as a kid. I found him so annoying. And then as an adult, I was like, this is the best part. This is clearly... and when he tries to deliver the bad news good is so funny <laughs> and just and those characters because their their games are so specific it, all their humor feels very organic and it's such a great delivery by them such being committed place. to their characters yeah. Yeah. but it, it's kind of like the bigger characters and the ones that where it's more straight manning like a lot of the time like carrie ellis i feel is almost feels smug to me in this yes. and almost like he's not in the movie yeah like, he, Such like a good he, point. he knows it's a big joke and so the, it, it just you don't feel like there's stakes for him yeah i feel that hmm. yeah yeah, I I play that up more to this movie is extremely meta and he is like kind of the Jim Halpert of it, like where he's like looking at the ca- like his facial <laughs> comedy is really good in this movie because he does those little smirks and stuff. And yeah, it definitely 
as like as far as a character is concerned, it's not really like great character writing, but it works in terms of the meta nature and like pulling you out a little bit to realize this isn't a real story. We are l- just making fun of Robin Hood movies and how every Robin Hood movie is the same. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I don't think anyone is good quote unquote good in this movie except for roger reese as the sheriff because like (laughs) the only other thing we've seen roger reese in unless you are a huge roger reese fan and you should email us if you are um is that fascinating we're gonna make a documentary about you (laughs) you are you are wait we're talking about we're talking about the sheriff right because i love him because he's from west wing and he's one of my favorite characters in west wing okay so the documentary i love him yeah but he but the only thing i had seen him i recognized him fully from was like the prestige he's just like a random character yeah. in the prestige but he's so funny oh, in this shit, he is. when he's just like mono uh mono man to man just me and you and my guards and like runs out um <laughs> i love uh dave Chappelle is great he's like the most meta character in this like um the line where he's like pissed off if I was that close to a horse's wiener, I'd be worried about getting pissed on. Um, I butchered that line. But uh, I also like Tracy Ullman is like a like comedic genius. And it's so awesome having her be Latrine. Uh, and I'll just like always remember <laughs> like the whole joke about her name is great. Shithouse? Blinken is fucking great. He's like, oh, that's a good change. That's a good, that's a good uh, change. I forgot about... Uh, Amy Amy Yazbek, who plays uh, uh, what's her name, the princess Marianne. Yeah, yeah, she she's so great in this. I think like she's delivering a lot of comedy, and that's like a a plus for this movie. Um, there's just like a lot. I mean, there are so many people that are funny in this. No one is great, but I think they're all like if they can get Layla to laugh about this, like I'm sure that they they did their parts pretty well. And Mel Brooks has a good <laughs> sense of humor, so it works with his. Uh, castle. I'm going to give it a five. Five. Yeah. Okay. Just thinking of it as like a comedy. It's slightly above. All right. I'm going to stay at a three. I okay. have so many notes. This is a problem. I can see it. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. We're it's... in the same room for the first time doing this in, in a bit. Listeners. It's a little inside. That's true. That's guys. true. And we are Behind this we scene. are sick and coughing on each other. Yeah. Time. We're just breathing what? really hard. Um, what is spitting on each other. What is the next category? Originality is the <laughs> oh, next category. Okay. Um, I'm not going to start with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to... Let's go with Layla for originality. We'll start with you. We'll and start then with we'll... Julia. She hasn't started one in a long time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, what's your problem? I, God. She just started one. <laughs> See, Did she really? I don't even know what I'm saying. I just... I just... <laughs> go ahead. I'll let our guests start again. And I'll let you pick the movie that you can start with. I'm so glad I could join you guys just to tear you apart. We're breaking up now. I'll start with The Princess Bride. I uh, I gave it a six for originality. And one of my reasons was that even though we don't love how Buttercup was written, I do think that it is a unique princess story in the fact that this is a character that does not start as a princess and also does not want to become a princess. You know, like so many princess movies are a woman, a Love girl, that point. whatever. Yeah. Wanting to become a princess and have a prince fall in love with her or they're already a princess and they're sick of it because they feel like they have no freedom. You know, this is kind of an, a different take on both of those of like, you know, all she wants is true love. Like she just that's it. And it's just so 
sweet in that way and it's just not something you see all the time when you see princess movies and it i also feel like it's not a just a simple princess story either in that the revenge and hate from inigo's portion of the story is so they're they're equally taking up space in this you know like they're both such driving stories of this and so precise and so thought out and so like i feel like it's let it, it's the princess bride but it's really this m- movie that's a combination of love and hate at the same time and i just think that's really great and then what we said earlier about like the monsters um i think those are so cool here where they're kind of takes on typical monsters that you would see in an adventure movie like the, but it's like the shrieking eels and like rodents of unusual size that are clearly yeah. men uh and lightning sand instead of quicksand you know it's just it really helps this stand out in its genre yeah oh i forgot they call it lightning sand mm-hmm. I <laughs> that's great uh layla you want to build off of yeah that? um I don't know. You're kind of making me want to go to a six. I gave it a five. I do think that like it plays off of so many like fantasy rom-com like tropes, except for you made an incredible point. I hadn't even thought about about this princess. She's such a different princess and she's a different example of what a woman can be in that scenario to girls. And I think that's great. And I'm so happy that we had that when we were young. I didn't even think about that. Makes me want to go up to a six, but I do think a lot of the like comedy, and the like spoofing of the rom-com genre and all of that kind of stuff. Like that's kind of a thing that existed. And I do think it pulls a lot of tropes that already existed. So that's kind of why I went with a five. Cause I don't think it's the most original, but it is like just the best of what it's doing. In my opinion, it's one of the best versions of spoofing a genre um, and some of the best comedy in it. So I'm going to go to a six. Actually, I'm going to go with a six. Yeah, I, I'm also going to go to a six um, or, or just start out at a six because I didn't start with anything else. Um, normally, we, like one thing that we talk about in originality is like whether it needed to be made, especially if it comes from existing source material. And this book is incredible. I encourage anyone to read it if they've never read it. Um, but I'm not – I can't dock it because William Goldman wrote the book and then wrote the screenplay – and William Goldman's like one of the best screenwriters ever. We just talked about him with All the President's Men a few weeks ago. Um, but it just blows my <laughs> mind to be able to write a story within a story. Like a full – there's a full book within the book and like backstory on the author and stuff. It's wild. It's like meta and weird. I don't know how many other movies have done this. Like the only one I can think of is like Big Fish maybe, um, which I which I love as well. Um, but there are like really cool concepts and stuff that they bring into this. Like the whole story of the dread pirate, um, Robert is awesome. And like how he becomes that. And like, it makes sense that you could just like pass on this, this tale. And it's like almost making fun of that villainous, like pirate character. Um, and it's all about like how people believe the name more than the actual person. Um, I think, uh, what I really liked what you guys both brought up is like the creativity really comes out of like the characters and, and how they interact with each other. It's so unlike other fantasies, you know, it's them like actually like talking through fights and stuff and being really polite and fun. Um, I'm not sure I totally get how like Wesley goes from like a farm boy to like the wittiest person in the world. 
But it's also like it's a fucking fake book with it Life that's being sea, read you know? to a child. Pirates. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't really need you know to think how about it too pirates much. Are. I I also just think this movie just stands out, and it's as plain as that. Like, the, it, there's a reason why this movie is so famous and so well loved. So yeah. I'll give it a six out of seven. All right, um, let's go. Just keep talking, Gabe. Okay. Um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. This is like. I know there's the part of me that really wants to like give this really high scores, so I gotta be a little objective here. But I do gotta say, like, out of comedies, this is one of my favorite spoof movies where it's directly making fun of uh, uh, other movies. So it's making fun of all the Robin Hood movies. They even get the line where he's like, because unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. And in other countries, that is like each time that they they dubbed it or whatever or they uh translated it it would say something else that was making fun of prince of thieves like unlike this i, I it's not made by kevin costner or something like that it's just like oh, everything is making fun of that movie and i love that um we already talked about the marlon brando spoof but i i absolutely love that and the fact that he's like from jersey is just hilarious. like all the little jokes <laughs> are are really clever um Mel Brooks being meta really like aids this movie. And and I think any spoof that is super meta just works really well, like airplane and um, like the, the original scary movies. Uh, You know, you even get the beginning with the village where the village is burning and they're like, why do we, why does our village always have to burn at the beginning of this? Like leave us alone, Mel Brooks. I, I love it. The, the, the like slapstick comedy is so, and like the meta comedy is so, good that it stands out um so even though i want to be like i want to give it like a seven i'm gonna give it a five out of seven i think it's slightly above all average right. in its uh creativity all right julia what is your rebuttal or is uh, there a rebuttal Do you no agree? rebuttal i i also had a five so um <sighs> we'll leave the rebuttal to layla again uh, <laughs> my task but for the I- night <laughs> But I I think it's I would agree with a lot of that and it's it's so clearly Mel Brooks like it's just so his voice shines through the whole thing and it's just so theatrical it's so over the top physical silly humor I love the sheriff of Rottingham getting catapulted we already talked about blowing bubbles to in King John's yeah, bath like yeah it's just all those moments are so unique and so again it's like it, it kind of doesn't help the story as much but also it is a it is a spoof it is a parody you know and just how much they're crammed in there just makes this so mel brooks now layla have you seen other mel brooks movies you have right yeah we talked about this last week Spaceballs. um yeah i've seen Spaceballs. um and blazing saddles um is this anything mel brooks hasn't done before is my question to you I mean, that's kind of, I had a hard time with this category because I just, I mean, I think if you think about it as Mel Brooks himself, it's original because he himself creates like very original content, but he had already made movies before this that I thought were better. Uh, So it makes it hard for me to be like, this is super original. Also, Gabe, you brought up how we ask, was this necessary or needed? And yes. I just the don't answer is think resounding it was. Yes. Um, well, the only reason, and you actually made me think, I didn't bring this up before, but like, I think part of the reason I don't necessarily like feel much about this movie is because I don't think I ever needed Robin Hood to be spoofed, like particularly. Okay. <laughs> like, 
I need you to watch <laughs> Prince of Thieves and then walk away from that movie like in a not meeting is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't but that's part of it though. Like I never it's not like Robin Hood or Prince of like any of those things like Kevin Costner. I know that that's like such a big part of all this fun and stuff. Like I don't know any of that. That's not that was never a part of my life. I never watched those movies. Yeah. So like it just it did it it didn't need to be made for me like i'm one of those people it didn't need to be made for so it just there are other mel- like i i like that he decided to spoof star wars and anything in space because that just made sense to me and that was a really fun genre to spoof and blazing saddles is spoofing westerns which is a really fun and easy thing to spoof as well i just it's so specific to be like we're going to spoof robin hood um for me at least cuz that's just not Something I think of as, like, some massive big genre. Robin Hood itself. <laughs> yeah, it's not um, as big of a genre, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely not. Cause it, it's, there were just a few too many Robin Hood movies that were pretty <laughs> stupid. And he must have just been, like, high one night. And he was like, oh, yeah, we should make fun of just Robin Hood. But I also kept thinking about, like, Monty Python when I was watching this movie, too. Yeah, he's very similar. It's really similar, and Monty Python came before it, and it's, like, in that same vein of, like, era and, like, sword fighting and all of that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I gave it it an average score. I gave it a four. That's fair. Can I just say, there is one joke that I think is very creatively stupid, and I love it, is when (laughs) they're at the wedding and the uh, priest is reading from New Latin, and it's Pig Latin. Come on, that's, that's really funny. Not, that's your Come on. I thought it was. I, thought on, it was I was like, wow, that's a that's a good fucking joke. Well done, Mel Brooks. <laughs> that was the joke you picked out of this movie. Is you there was I that know, and the part when he's like, no, I didn't say Abe Abe Lincoln. I said hey Lincoln. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like this oh, movie, I, I love the comedy. It's creative. That's fair. Okay, we're going to move on to our last category. It's legacy. Um, what is the lasting legacy of the movie? And also, build in there if it aged well. I'm going to start with Robin Hood and with Layla. Oof. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is like, a, a like I don't even know how to do this category because like, this is the first time I've ever watched this movie. So I don't know as far as like my own personal experience aging, but I have to imagine. So this movie is a cult classic for so many people. Like if you, I read a bunch of artic- articles today, there is a cult following. People adore this movie intensely. Yeah, yours truly. But are people no going to feel the same way now is my question. Like even Julia is a great example of someone rewatching it and being like, huh, hmm. Don't know if this feels the same. And then there's people like me who are watching it for the first time ever. And we're just like, probably this would have hit different if I was five and or <laughs> younger. <laughs> um, so, but not six. Six, it would have been too six, late. Six, it would have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see how this is going to like age super well. I don't even think it's aging well now. It's pretty offensive in a lot of ways. Like... There's a blind character that's just, like, bad. <laughs> like, yeah. it's pretty racist in some moments. It makes a lot of, you know, racial jokes. Like, not to say that that's, like, that was, a, like, a lot of the comedy of the time, and I get all of that, but, like, in the context of where we're going and the types of movies that are being made, and if you showed this to a bunch of kids now, would they get it or would they care? I don't know. It's also, like, just, you know, 
old school like set design and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just it's I think it's going to stay as a favorite for a lot of people of those generations. I just don't think it's going to continue on the same way. I just don't think it will. So I'm going to give it a three. (laughs) Okay, Julia, go ahead. I was between a three and a four for this one. Um, So we'll see where I get in the next minute of talking. But uh, (laughs) I, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of, this movie could not be made now. It it would be shut down immediately. Um, Because there are, there's, you know, inclusion issues. There's a portrayal of women issues. Blinken is problematic for many, many times. Um, there's a transsexual joke in there, you know, it's the just... Middle Eastern yeah. jail, guys. It starts yeah. in, like, a disgustingly racist Middle Eastern jail. Like, well, I just you must can't. have a beard. You must have yeah. a beard to be there. It just, it yeah. would not, it would not get past <laughs> development now, for sure. Um, but I think one of the other things that also doesn't make it age super great is that there are a lot of pop culture references in it, you know, like David so Achu with his uh, pump-up sneakers and will scarlett o'hara like and like (laughs) things like that where i'm like they just were much more in the vein of society at that time and you know it'd be like them making a a something now where they're making fun of dial-up internet and like you know (laughs) like half the population be like what is this you know so i think it doesn't unfortunately hold up i think there's a huge nostalgia factor if you watch it now having i'd watched it as a kid but then you still kind of are like, okay, I don't need to know anyone to know I'm watching it now, you know? So, um, but I, I will say, I think that it goes back to Mel Brooks. It's like, this is reflective of his body of work of like him as a comedic genius and just being such a prominent figure in comedy. And I think I'll land on a four for that reason. But I started That's at three. That's so true. We're gonna, like we're his gonna own land legacy. Mel Brooks's mm-hmm. legacy. So true. Exactly. Yeah, I had the the things it does age really poorly. And I, I do think that there are a, a lot of problems like the blind thing is is really problematic. Um, but also, like, we should just at that point, we should get rid of Mr. Magoo, because that's like the whole um, central theme of that. But I think, you know, a lot of that is just Mel Brooks, as you were saying, Julia, like he's just intentionally silly and provocative. And he's always been that way. And he'll make fun of his own people at the same time, which like doesn't really make it any better that he does that. Um, even just being the rabbi, like coming through it, just, it's not a great depiction of, uh, of us. Um, but, of us. <laughs> but like it also, it got pretty bad reviews. Like, I, I mean, no one's expecting this movie to get like good reviews, but I think like a lot of audiences liked it. It didn't make much money, but it did make money. Normally I'd like, you would think this movie would be an absolute flop if you watched it now. Um, I, I don't think it's his best movie. I just think this movie was so incredibly important to my upbringing. And it's still so quotable in my family. Like, if I saw my mom and I mentioned Robin Hood Men in Tights, she would start singing the Men in Tights song. Every oh time God, I see my brother, awesome. every time I see my brother, we always joke about like, we like, yeah, it used to be shit house or like the part. I don't know why this makes us die of laughter, but the part when the abbot or whatever is walking up and that one guy's like, hey, abbot. He's like, I hate that guy. I There's something about this movie that's endlessly quotable in our family. Um, and I just love it. I just like, I just am happy when I watch it. So I, I'm going to give, I was actually going to give it a three, 
But I'm going to give it a four because it's just like so important to me personally. But yeah, objectively, I think that's super I mean, fair. I'd be okay if this movie got like kind of like canned forever and like no one watched it. It will exist in my mind forever. That's enough. And that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am going to let our guest lead off and talk about the legacy of Princess Bride. So Princess Bride, I give a six. Um, I feel like I had to give it a good score just for the line when Fezzik asks Wesley why he's wearing the mask. And Wesley's response is, oh, it's terribly comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. Oh, my I God. Like, oh, I reacted to that so hard. I, it. <laughs> I, I know. It was just like a boom. Oh, yes. Yeah. March 2021. Totally. Exactly. You nailed it. There's like some Nostradamus effect happening there. I don't know what. <laughs> That's but, amazing. Uh, it, like blew my mind how I was like relevant. Uh, but yeah, so that just as an aside was hilarious. Um, but I think it's what we've kind of said about it already is it's so quotable, you know, like inconceivable and as you wish. And my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. It's just all of that. Like you hear that and it just, and it's it's and overall it just holds up. Like I said, I, I watched it again with someone who hadn't seen it before worried if they were gonna like it i was like because i had watched it i had i didn't watch star wars until i was an adult and um unpopular opinion didn't like it i I just i was not into it i i didn't i i I was uh, the hype that i got from star wars i thought it was going to be like the godfather you know Okay. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but it's like, I thought it was like this masterpiece, you know? And so I, and I think it's ha- not having seen it as a kid and not having it seen it through that lens, I, I didn't appreciate it. And I was afraid that that was going to happen with this movie and it didn't. And it just still, you know, was great. The The only reason I kind of like knocked it down was obviously there's really no diversity. There's in the, in one woman in it. That's it. And also... It never gets addressed why Wesley is so mean to Buttercup when he is Dread Pirate Roberts. Like, he is just negging oh, yeah, her initially? the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, never once does she, is she like, hey, um, why were you mean to me? You know? Like, it, I Wait, just isn't love he being, to know. Isn't he being mean to her because he thinks that she's, like, left him for the the king or whatever? I mean, in theory, I, I thought suppose it was to keep why. her, like, on track so they can get out of there. Fair too. I mean, <laughs> I, to me, it felt like he was testing her. Like where he, I was like, just oh, be yeah. on, just like whip off your mask and be like, it's Come me. On, be dude. open, have communication. What's <laughs> the oh, problem in this relationship? We are, we are you know? incapable of doing such things, but that's a nice no. fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see Gabe wearing a mask, I'll know that he's having trouble in his relationship. Oh yeah, it's all my insecurities <laughs> coming out in uh, vigilante. Form. Love it. <laughs> But yeah, I think that overall it's great. There's just Buttercup is kind of the big hang up for me of like not making this timeless. Yeah. <clears throat> that's that's a good point, but it if, So we got a six? I could jump on. I go ahead. Uh, I'm but gonna if give I this jump on. I'm gonna give this a I, I, I do agree with that, and I actually just never had really noticed until this watch, like that the but it's just a completely underwritten character, and especially since we know what Robin Wright became, like she was just more than capable of having a better role. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven though, because for me, this is one of those movies that's like up there with Wizard of Oz and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, I just love revisiting it. I can watch this a million times, I never get sick of it. I think 
everyone loves this movie. Uh, you know, or everyone likes this movie, I guess, but everyone loved this at some point in their life. Um, there's just so many like iconic scenes, you know, you, like you mentioned some of the quotes, but a lot of people, like my family always does the like marriage, uh, uh, what is it? What's the next? I love how I your family's just quoting these things to each other all we the time. We quote things. That's why I quote <laughs> things all the time. But I also love like you even get, and I didn't even know this. I, I love the movie I Love You, Man. And there's a part when they're really drunk and they're talking about how Andre the Giant would drink like barrels of beer, which is a real thing to get drunk. And like Jason Siegel's like, anybody want a peanut? And I didn't even realize that was the like rhyming scene with uh, yeah. Vicini uh, in this or whatever his name is. Um, also, I don't know if you were going to bring this up, Layla, but... Rotten Tomatoes just did yeah. uh, like a big rom com bracket where you could you like just vote. Stole each my week. entire thing that I was gonna say, Gabriel. Okay, go I'm ahead. gonna continue to steal it then. <laughs> um, and it won. It won the entire rom com bracket with all these movies. It beat out When Harry Met Sally. Couldn't believe it. So it's just it's a really well adored movie. It got great reviews when it came out, and I think it was nominated for like music or something. And um, it's a seven for me. But I do agree that it it is. Uh, underwritten female wise and and the diversity is not great but 80s what you gonna do 80s yeah (laughs) (laughs) i really hope you have more to say because i'm gonna let you uh let you uh send us off here yeah well i was Um, that it's funny because that's literally all i have written i know so i like i had i had this backfired on me (laughs) i think i would i think i would have given it actually probably a six until i saw that Rotten Tomatoes bracket, because some of my favorite r- romantic comedies of all time, like Pretty Woman, When Harry Met Sally, like just classic, classic romantic comedies got beat out by this. And I, not to say that I don't think that's fair, because I love this movie as well, but that just showed me how much people fucking love this movie. Like this is every, apparently everyone's classic rom-com favorite. And that's great. It comes with an entire and I guess that probably must come with the fact that we watched this as kids and it lasted as adults as well. Like when Harry met Sally and pretty woman and all of that came to us later in life, but this comes with, Oh my God, I remember when I was five or six and I sat down and I watched this movie for the first time and that's magical. And it's such a special feeling. And there are a few movies in this world. I think we all get that with where it just, it's like butterflies in your stomach and you feel like you're home again. So it's a seven. For that alone. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Wonderful. Any parting words before I tell you the scores? Anybody? Nope. Okay, cool. 91 <laughs> to 65, uh, Princess Bride wins, obviously. Wow. I'm, what? I am brutal, a brutal loss for an absolute yeah. classic comedy. But no, that makes sense. Good, 91 out of 105 is good pretty good. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Um, what is everybody's favorite Mel Brooks movie? Oh. Julia, I'm gonna have to go. Dracula, dead and loving it. I just wow, so good. Oh, that is like a deep cut there. I well, again, Spaceballs because I didn't watch. I saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. That's so it didn't mean much to me. And and so and then I don't know if I've seen Blazing Saddles all the way through. Uh, Get on that. That one's my favorite. Yeah, that's me as well. Yeah. 
But I also I I I like Mel Brooks when he's like a more main character, like you know, in Robin Hood he just kind of has a few scenes that he's in, but yeah. in Dracula he's just like he's not a main main character, but he's there a lot, and so I just yeah. think that he's such a good performer, like because it's his style of humor, you know. Absolutely. What's yours, Layla? I don't know. I don't know if I can like genuinely say I have a favorite just because Mel Brooks is not obviously like one of my favorite people to watch all the time. I did really, I haven't seen Spaceballs in a really long time, but I did really like it when I saw it. I think I liked Blazing Saddles the one time I saw it. Um, but I do actually really like Young Frankenstein. So if it, like, I'll say that, Amazing. I guess. Young so I'll say Young Frankenstein. Yeah, I was going to say, we have to like <laughs> represent that because there are a lot of people that think Young Frankenstein is one of the best. Yeah, I, I really, I yeah, personally I really like Young Frankenstein. I didn't get to add my opinion much. I think that Dude. Robin Hood Men in Tights is not is by far a bottom barrel Mel Brooks. <laughs> and you are a bottom barrel friend. He I reuses <laughs> multiple of his own jokes in a way that isn't even like a funny meta way. He literally yeah. reuses the walk this way joke. Yeah. He always Get calls it. out his other Take movies or whatever. They always like he'll do a quote from one of his other movies. He does that in each of them. It's a director's trade. He literally said a direct. He like looked at the camera and talked about Blazing Saddles at one point in this. Movie. Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, the Black Sheriff. Yep, a yeah. Black Sheriff worked in Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair though. I th- I would put I would rank Robin Hood Men in Tights lower because I think he's just a genius in his other stuff. Like it's definitely above the producers when he, when he made that, but. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's still fucking hilarious. So that's fair. Well, it lost. Whatever. So yeah. accolades. <laughs> who? Uh, who's your uh, you y'all's MVP? Um, Mel Brooks. Who is the MVP? Is it Carrie Elwes? I feel like it's got to be Carrie Elwes. Is it Love? I mean, Carrie Elwes. Like over time, is like the LVP because this dude was just he was in hot <laughs> he was at the top he was of the in world this and... hot shots and and princess bride <laughs> and he was handsome as hell all and down funny. From here. and then he just like his face blew up and then he saws off his leg in the titular movie saw like that's Carrie Elwes wow i'm sorry to say so the lvp oh wait wasn't he in stranger things as well i feel like he's also like a dick stepfather in some movie some shitty bad comedy movie yeah too. i can see that. i feel like he plays a I, lot of just side oh sorry, uh, liar liar he's not a, a shit stepfather but he's like in that he's he's like oh i'm gonna get out the claw or whatever um yeah, he's a good he's funny i think of him from seinfeld like the, oh what's, shit oh my what's god that couple? I've, yeah uh, the the he always uh asks his own questions then answers them aloud <laughs> yeah. his character's name but so true uh, am i happy like, beth yeah. left me of course not that guy that that is carrie always for me now yeah he he was awesome all right and we could give him mvp i mean he's te- he's in both of these at the time he was the most valuable player and yeah. then you know he just didn't have a great post-retirement um Okay, so I don't know, if you guys have a comeback category, I feel like he might. Maybe he's in the comeback category. Is he the comeback player of the year? Does he well, grow I, on you of throughout his characters the movie? Do. Oh, throughout the movie, I, I just more was like he dropped off for a while, and then was all of a sudden in Saw again. That's what I thought. Oh of, yeah, so. yeah, but then nothing after that. So True. I don't know. Then he cut um, his own leg off. Comeback player of the year, like <laughs> it's probably Inigo Montoya because he has like the full like. Arc. Oh, he does have a good arc. And I love, I, I think, Julia, you were the one who talked about that. It was so cool that that, like, mirror, that was happening at the same time as this other story, and it's, like, equally as important. Good writing. 
Um, mm-hmm. LVP is probably the writing of Buttercup, yeah. which I like. I wonder. I can't remember if it's like that in the book. Female but... characters, yeah, do kind of lose in these two movies, and it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, gross. Six Man. We already said it's it's either Billy Crystal or Tracy Ullman, right? But each playing the magical Latrine. people. What about? I think it's Billy. Yeah. I'm going to go Billy. But they do like the, what I meant is like they, they're like the same purpose and they're both like ultra famous comedic people. But yeah, Billy Crystal's amazing in it. Uh, the argument he has with his wife, Valerie, is, is incredible. Is so great. Yeah. It's, it's just Ooh. happens out of nowhere. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Just out of it's nowhere. Like he, he hasn't shown up before. Wait, what was that, Julia? Sorry, no, I was just saying, it's like he hasn't been in the movie before, but he fits in so perfectly. He just just, comes out of nowhere and knocks it out. Like, incredible. Yeah. Is there anyone that's like a huge scene stealer? So we'd call that like our Cy Young, throwing the most heat. Anyone that steals the most scenes? Roger Reese as the sheriff of Nottingham is just absurd. Everyone's nodding. Yeah. I feel like that. Easy choice. Everyone's nodding ham. Oh, okay. Wow, that's great. Very sorry, everybody. Uh, we're we're gonna come to a close here. Um, Julia, plug all the things that you do. Here. Yeah, plug your pluggables. Tell us all the things. That's something we stole from another podcast. I feel like I had to throw that out there every time no, we say plug your pluggables. That's from Behind the Bastards. No, a lot of people have said that. A lot of podcasts say that. Do they? Well, yeah. Julia, why don't you tell us your things, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, COVID is putting a damper in many of them. But I will say one thing that I'm a regular on is Topikill. It's T-O-P-I-K-I-L-L dot com. And um, it is a monthly joke or sorry, weekly, but I tend to be on monthly. Uh, but it is a joke competition where comedians team up for the topical headlines of the week and judges let us know who has the best joke. And it's just a lot of fun. It's great. Yeah, you had a little bit of that on your Instagram. Her Instagram, by the way, is aka Julia Stone. So go check her out there. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was really funny. I want to check out more of that. Um, Any other things? Like 10 seconds. Do you do... Uh, are there other things that you'd like people to any other social medias? No, just Instagram. Um, Instagram. Um, if you want, you know, funny animal videos as part of your stories that you're watching, <laughs> feel free to follow me. Um, yeah, I would normally plug shows here, but I, they're somewhat lacking at the moment due to eventually there will be shows. So yeah. remember the name people. Let's get you back on stage. Uh, we recommended some Mel Brooks movies. Uh, I am going to now watch Julia's favorite uh, Mel Brooks movie because I haven't seen that one. So that's going to happen seen it in a at some long point time. soon. Um, any other recommendations that we have that are similar to Princess Bride and Willow. Robin Hood? Willow. Willow with Warwick Davis. It's amazing. It, I love it. I'm sure it, it is not amazing anymore, but it's a really fun <laughs> fantasy movie. And if you watch Princess Bride on Disney+, Plus, it's recommended to you immediately afterwards. So there you go. Easy. Yeah. Anybody else? I never have recommendations. I've got nothing here. I had one. It's uh, Almost Heroes, the movie with Chris Farley and Matthew Perry, <sighs> where they play Lewis and Clark. Man. It's made by Christopher Perry? Guest, and it's super stupid, but um, I love it. Have you not seen that, Layla? No. Oh, oh my gosh. It was on Comedy Central all the time. It is the we dumbest, kids. but it is I so great. I love Matthew Perry. 
I also recommend that people watch more Rob Reiner movies because he's been a great director and I love what he does with Princess Bride. And um, him and his his late father, Carl, um, lived right down the street from my grandma and they were all best friends. And she always talked about Carl Reiner all the time. So (laughs) there's a shout out to Big Dog up in the sky. (laughs) <laughs> it was uh, awesome to have you julia thank you for being on our podcast yeah, yeah. thank, thank you, you guys so much. so much for having me thank i'm gonna you. let gabe sign us off yeah uh and next week we're going to be doing a special episode on wandavision because we know everyone's been watching that uh so we're just gonna break down that season and talk about what we liked and what we where we think that the mcu is gonna go with television uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Instagram.com slash facing off pod, and on Twitter, Twitter.com slash facing off pod. Just look, look up facing off and you can follow us and find out everything we're going to be doing. Uh, does anyone have a send off? Never start a land war in Asia. <laughs> As you wish! That was really well, I held that. That was a good one. <laughs>